0: Welcome to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Booksov, holistic health coach, clinical herbalist, and functional medicine pharmacist, or just holistic pharmacist for short. Whether you're a healthcare professional helping to support the health of your clients or going through your personal healing journey, I believe you will find yourself right at home with this podcast my co-hosts and i will be merging the scientific with the holistic all season long as well as sharing stories that will touch your heart and challenge your mind please enjoy the show
1: hey everyone welcome back to the holistic pharmacy podcast it was an absolute honor to interview my next guest as she's somewhat a celebrity in the pharmacy leadership and entrepreneurship space and is the mastermind behind her coined term pharmapreneur. I've respectfully looked up to her for quite some time and was thrilled to not only invite her on the show, but that we had so much in common in the way we view health and healing. Blair Thielemeyer PharmD is a business development consultant specializing in pharmacist-led billing models. She consults on and produces e-learning programs for state and national organizations, pharmacy wholesalers, payers, and technology startups. She has books and online courses available for individuals looking to leverage their pharmacy knowledge into monetized clinical programs at pharmapreneuracademy.com. She speaks internationally about trends in leveraging pharmacists to improve value-based care, And please make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode where Blair shares some amazing upcoming opportunities, including a healing and leadership retreat. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy podcast. I have with me a real-life super and rock star today. Uh, Everybody knows her. Her name is Dr. Blair Thielemeyer. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We just had a practice round right before we recorded, and she's the founder of Pharmapreneur Academy and a business consultant. So welcome to the show. Thank you so
3: much for having me.
2: Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. So I'd love to dive in and get started with a question I ask all my guests, which is really about your background, you know, where you grew up and what events conspired to lead you to, first of all, become a pharmacist and, you know, how that all happened?
3: Absolutely. So I grew up in small town Arkansas. I actually returned to my hometown after pharmacy school. So that's always been an interesting journey to return home after being gone. Um, But I really, I grew up in an agricultural community. Arkansas is a very a beautiful state. No, not a lot of people. So I spend a lot of time outdoors. I'm kind of a tomboy, and I, you know, I enjoy now with my kids. We plant a fall garden. We plant a summer garden. I've got um, a medicinal herb garden. Uh, we we kind of pulled out all of the the shrubs and things in in our house when we moved in. And we replaced them with medicinal herbs uh, like echinacea. And then we've also got asparagus beds and a big orchard and all kinds of stuff. So so I'm truly, uh, I've always been really connected to the land, um, especially <clears throat> the idea of medicinal herbs and, and plants. And I remember in pharmacy or in a, In high school, I worked at a local pharmacy. And what was interesting to me about pharmacy was the ways chemicals acted in the body. And I, you know, I've always always been someone who's very interested in plants. And I remember my undergrad was actually a plant biology major. And my application to pharmacy school, you know, they ask, "What do you want to do with your with your pharmacy career?" And I remember talking about wanting to study novel drug development in the Amazon rainforest. Uh, of course, that did not happen. But I've always had this this desire to combine, you know, the ancient healing modalities. I remember reading this this book. Uh, it was written in the seventies. It's actually a seven part series called Clan of the Cave Bear. And the protagonist in the story, her name is Ayla, and it's her journey of learning how to use these these herbs and these, you know, medicinal tinctures and all that to, you know, to work within her tribe as a as a medicine woman. And you know, that's that's a a word that has come back into my life again. And again, you know, this medicine woman, this healer identity. And after pharmacy school, I, I, you know, kind of was like, how, how does that fit within the way I was trained and within the traditional pharmacy model?
2: Yeah, well, that is definitely resonating and an archetype that I relate to as well, you know, of the medicine woman and um, the gardening and all of that nature definitely speaks to me as an herbalist. And I even took notes on that book series. I might go check it out.
3: It's, uh, it's hard to find because it's so old. I actually had to, uh, had to take it out of our local library. But yeah, Clan of the Cave Bear, it was, it was written in the 70s. And it's a pretty interesting uh, group of, of books. Nice,
2: nice. Well, I will definitely research that and let you know what I come up with. But uh, I definitely want to go back to your journey and that pharmacist medicine woman archetype, right? That's kind of like the modern herbalist in a way, because we come from those herbal roots, like you were saying, and it is all interconnected. But now we practice evidence-based allopathic medicine. And you're right, the model that was acceptable before, doesn't really fit as much anymore between, you know, our guidelines and what we consider as standard of care. So, um, so how did you integrate, you know, that desire to be close to nature and um, medicine woman and pharmacy and what were your next steps
3: after graduating? Yeah, I think it, you know, after graduating, I I just, I went down the traditional, out. Uh, I worked in a community pharmacy for a little while, but I was I was the pharmacist that if you came in and said, you know, what do I need to take out here for constipation? I'm like, you know, there's there's prunes, there's water, there's you know, exercise, <laughs> like, you know, and so I was even back then, I was already kind of leaning to more of a holistic path. I always say pharmacy school didn't actually teach me how to be healthy. So a big part of my journey after pharmacy school was figuring out you know, what health looked like for me. So <clears throat> I was working in the community setting for a while and then I went to work in a clinical hospital pharmacy for several years until due to budget cuts and declining reimbursements, I was actually lost all my benefits. And at the time, you know, they were having to cut back, they were cutting back our salaries 10%, and then they were cutting the health insurance and the additional benefits. And it, it was, it was a really hard eye opening experience, because I think, in healthcare, we're always told, you can always find a job, you know, your your job is, is always safe. But what I was seeing is even the, the jobs that, that were out there weren't something that I was necessarily interested in pursuing. You know, it was, it was really focused on the, the allopathic medicine model. And I just didn't see people getting better. What I, what I ended up doing after you know, transitioning out of hospital was I reached out to several local independent community pharmacies and started, just started doing dispensing for them, but they knew about my clinical background. I said, well, can you do MTM? Absolutely. I can do MTM. I can also set up your med sync programs and I can set up your collaborative practice agreements and I can set up your vitamin supplementation line and I can set up your point of care testing services. And so as I was building that out, this idea of entrepreneurship and pharmacy really took hold. And you know, at that point I I probably went to the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, you know, I don't I don't have one job anymore. I have 12 jobs. (laughs) And and so there was like kind of that okay you know how do how do I manage this how do I kind of begin to put something together that describes the value uh, of the services and the implementation that we can offer and a lot of it went back to quality measures and I really feel that the pharmacist is the person who's, we know for a fact, most accessible healthcare professional, but they're also ones that can have the biggest impact on preventative medicine and on on these quality measures. So so that kind of became my focus over the next few years is really digging into those types of pay-for-performance models and, and creating consulting programs from this value-based perspective.
2: Yeah, I love that. And I definitely also resonate with going into pharmacy thinking that, okay, number one, this is a good job because healthcare is always a good, resilient position to get into. And number two, I want to know this for my own life and my own health so that I can be that medicine woman, you know, for my family and for myself. And um, but we didn't really learn too much about the preventative side of things or, you know, the food uh, lifestyle approach. We learned some about non-pharmacological methods, but we weren't that expert in that, right? But we knew that that was key. So that's something I also walked away with, but I also understood that I didn't have enough information on that side of things. So um, what steps do you think were most important in kind of forming this um, niche for yourself right and this is something that pharmacy school doesn't necessarily teach us either right to build out all of these services and how to make the pharmacist more valuable and how to get reimbursed um, for these value-based services so you know where did you look to for guidance as you were building all of these things out?
3: Um, I started by looking outside of pharmacy. So I I hired a business coach who had nothing to do with pharmacy. I joined a mastermind of female entrepreneurs, none of which were pharmacists. And I began taking what was working in other industries and applying it back to pharmacy. And thinking, how do I... You know, how do I grow my business as a as a consultant? You know, at the time it was focused on growing my business here in northeast Arkansas and Southeast Missouri, where I'm licensed. But eventually it became much bigger than that. So in 2015, I was writing blogs about MTM, uh, equip scores chronic care management, HEDIS measures, really tying everything back to the, the uh, macro legislation and the pay for performance model that CMS was, was moving to for their reimbursement structures. And, you know, I, I am so glad that I went through this, you know, professional development work of building a business that led to doing a lot of personal development work also because I started realizing and I've, I've got a lot of blocks when it comes to putting myself out there. I mean, I remember thinking, I'm too young. I'm, uh, you know, underqualified. Who's going to listen to me? I don't have a, a residency. I don't have a board certification. I don't have any of this stuff. And, and it really, it was like working through that imposter syndrome and working through some of my own issues of what are people going to think if I start, you know, posting about these, you know, entrepreneurial opportunities for pharmacists, is it going to be seen as unprofessional, you know, are people going to, uh, you know, be interested in what I have to say in general, it was, it was really coming from a place of like, am I enough? to be, you know, in this position. So thank goodness I, I I, was involved in those entrepreneurial masterminds and, you know, was given the, the guidance that I needed to then go on to create the Elevate Pharmacy Virtual Summit, the very first virtual pharmacy conference that was ever offered, to my knowledge, in 2017. And even then, it was like, who's going to attend a virtual conference like Zoom? What is Zoom? And, you know, so, so you got to think in the context of 2017, there wasn't a lot of people doing this. But everything that I was learning from the online industry, I was bringing into pharmacy. And I, I feel like that that really was something that helped me to get over that initial kind of shock of like, I'm a pharmacist, but how do I become an entrepreneur? I don't know anything about business or selling or marketing and, and being a part of those programs really helped me to develop my message and, and define, you know, what, what is my goal? And so the goal of the Pharmapreneur Academy and the goal of all my work and advocacy has been to advance the professional pharmacy and if it doesn't serve that, you know, guiding uh, theme, then you know, then it's something that that I I will probably say no to those opportunities. So it's really about getting clear on the value that I had to offer and and what I had to say, and gaining that self worth and and you know, unblocking my own. Uh, you know, throat chakra to be able to to say that, because I remember at first, I was thinking, how do I build this business anonymously? And, and that was like, a real, you know, like, I I would love to be an entrepreneur, I'd love to build this business, but I, you know, I'm not really sure if I, if I want people knowing who I am, and, you know, being online. And so those are all things that I think we all deal with when making those transitions. And I talk a lot about uh, identity shifts. And so I needed to shift from that identity of, I'm a pharmacist, and I was in that box, of pharmacist that I can't, you know, talk about things that, you know, like, one of my friends, he kind of explained it like the sandbox on the beach like what's in the sandbox that's all the fda approved you know medications and things we have but this is a sandbox on a beach and uh and this whole beach is full of of different uh compounds and medicines that can be used uh in a in a healing way and kind of being able to like break outside that box of i am a pharmacist in this traditional way into I'm a pharmapreneur was kind of the way that I I began to build my brand and and make some different choices about putting myself out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Everything you're saying definitely resonates with me as well. And um I think y- you just don't realize how much personal development work and how many blocks we have until you kind of take the action step that then, you know, gives you some resistance or some challenging feelings or uh, blocks or anything like that, that we kind of um, feel like a pushback. And that's when you realize, wow, mm-hmm. like, what, what is it that I'm truly, you know, believing about the situation or about myself? And until you take the step, you don't really realize, like, what are we living with? What kind of thoughts do we experience on a daily basis and what do we tell ourselves and what's our self talk like all day long mm-hmm. so um i can definitely appreciate everything you're saying um and so i know that you mentioned that you kind of uh had this opportunity based on a job loss, right, and a loss of security and stability that kind of pushed you to do this work. So at what point was it like no longer, you know, a necessity, but a mission and a drive and a purpose? And how did you use that mission in order to overcome all the challenges that you just mentioned?
3: Yeah, so I think this, you know, commitment to what is it that I really have to say and and what is that message that you know that that i feel like is my purpose in bringing to the world and and again it goes back to that advancing the profession of pharmacy so whenever things got hard i literally have emails saved in my inbox reminding me on the days that are hard or i'm feeling down that i can look in there and say wow you know this this person took the time to email me back to thank me you know about sharing this information it's important to honor that person and to think about how many other pharmacists are out there that you know are are very unhappy they're they're disillusioned they feel like they don't belong in allopathic medicine or you know that What they expected in terms of being able to have a more clinical role never really materialized. And so some of the the work that we've been doing around business models is looking at provider status in different states. And one of the things that I encourage people to consider is, you know, MTM is fantastic, but MTM is only once a year. So then it kind of became okay, if we're, if we're really going to create something that has an impact on our patients, what is it that you would want to do? How long would you want to work with them? What's the type of stuff you would want to talk to them about? <clears throat> and what was interesting is what came out of those conversations was a lot of, well, I'd want to do yoga with them. I would want to teach them about mindfulness and meditation. I would want to help them you know, get on the right supplements for them and to, you know, swap these unhealthy behaviors for some healthy behaviors. And, you know, I think that there's always going to be challenges in growing a business and, and, you know, a business is an act of self-expression. And so getting yourself in the energy of creating the energy of, of, uh, you know, being inspired, the energy of giving someone hope. That's, you know, that's the work that I think we can, we can be doing with our patient, giving them options. Because, like you mentioned, there's kind of two sides of this that we're seeing some of the holistic people are saying, no, you know, modern medicine, like, you know, the The vaccine, for example, the COVID vaccine, is incredibly a you know divisive um, conversation to have in healthcare because now even healthcare professionals are kind of questioning, you know, it, it is this safe? This hasn't been studied long term, and so there's a, a growing disconnect of people. I think here in the United States, I'll just speak for that. Uh, that are that are really questioning the conventional allopathic medicine model and saying, is that, is that really best for me? You know, I've been put on a proton pump inhibitor and been left on it for the past 10 years and, you know, was never asked about it again. So I think there's a growing opportunity for pharmacists uh, to really see themselves as healers To then think about, well, if I had this opportunity to to work with this patient, what what would I really be talking about? What are the types of things I would be doing with them? And so it's it's really about getting creative about designing the practice model that, you know, that that we want to see that can advance the profession, but also really get people better results yeah absolutely
2: so i also wanna recognize that you mentioned you know your pharmacist identity and your business consultant identity right um seemed a little bit at odds and you weren't sure they clashed and um you know your desire to move and advance the profession forward is obviously something that i respect and share but i think that's something that we all kind of question because like you mentioned, the pharmacist is the most accessible healthcare professional, but we're often like in the background, right behind the counter. We, even though we're supposed to come out and consult people and we do, we try to, most of us do enjoy it. The people that I speak to at least, but there's just not enough time with all the metrics and all the other things responsible for. So um, sometimes we don't really even get seen or come out from behind the counter. And so we're not really in the limelight at all right so that definitely resonates to what you were saying about wanting to be invisible at some points or you know incognito and and just um run your business that way but um how did you merge those two identities and how do you see them
3: you know working and playing together yeah that's a that's a great question and i think you know one of the things that, that has divided pharmacies is this idea of, well, you, you just don't have time. There's no space in the workflow of a busy uh, community retail, especially a chain retail pharmacy to be able to have any of these conversations around health and wellness. But one of the things that I see in looking to the future, I mean, AI. There was a there was a a Forbes article that I shared. It was it was actually from January of 2020, but it was talking about the very real possibility of one day being able to take a picture of your prescription to having it delivered at your door later the same day. You know, with without uh, you know a going to a pharmacy. And so I think, as the pharmacy workflow and the pharmacy dispensing model is changing, one of the things it's going to do is free up time for pharmacists to do other stuff. So then my question is like, what other stuff do you want to do? Like if you if you are spending less time in those dispensing roles, you know, would you want to put a gut health program together? Would you want to put a, uh, you know, maybe it's a screening service for HIV patients in your area. And this idea of, wow, we're switching really from a commodity-based economy. So this idea that pharmacists have to be tied to dispensing of a product, and the drug product is a commodity because you know the the price is, I guess, mostly the same across the United States. To being tied to a a service versus the product. So when we are able to shift from pharmacist to pharmapreneur, it's about untangling that um, enmeshed identity of the pharmacist needing to to be the medication expert, which I think, you know, we are, but it's not that we were necessarily involved in the dispensing process as much, especially as AI and technology and things like that are changing. So my question is, what is it that we really want to do? And and maybe that's having conversations with their patients about how to reverse their diabetes through intermittent fasting you know, how to reset their metabolism, how to heal their gut, making time and and planning for having the end in mind, to me is about what that identity shift is all about. You know, if we wanna be having these conversations with patients and we wanna be having a bigger impact, are we creating workflows and time and space in our pharmacies to be able to have like an appointment-based model or have health and wellness consultation packages. So one of the things I do within the Pharmapreneur Academy and some of the clients that I work with is to create those packages. When we get clear on the result of this package is for women who are trying to conceive, what are the the types of things that we're going to do in women who are trying to conceive, we're going to look at, you know, detoxifying um, her body, we're we're going to look at stress reduction techniques, we're going to look at nutrition, we're going to look at a lot of other things, because I know when I was going through my fertility journey, uh, I wasn't given any of those options, I was only given Clomid. And you know, and it was like, I'm a, here I am, you know, healthy. I think I was 29 when I got pregnant um, with with my son and really like thinking about how uh, how we're giving patients options. And before we can do that, we have to see ourselves in a different way. So one of the things I talk about a lot is helping pharmacists and helping healthcare professionals see themselves as healers. And if our focus is on healing, that really changes the conversations that we're having with people on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, I love that idea. And on that note of that verbiage even, right, we've been taught that, you know, we can't make any medical claims for herbs or supplements or nutrition or, or anything that's not a drug, right, cannot mm-hmm. have a medical claim that it's going to reverse treat, um, diagnose, prevent, right? So what is your thought um, on these different identities, right? So on the one hand, you're a pharmacist that is taught to be a drug expert, right, and only use those terms around drug treatment, and and counseling points around non-pharmacological therapies just to support, right, and not necessarily be a foundation, but mostly just like a gatekeeper, right, of what, what not to put in your body or what will interfere with the drug working versus like, Establishing that solid base, right? So, do you see the role of the pharmacist um, as stepping on anyone's toes, right? Like either other holistic providers or nutritionists or um, what have you. Versus, um, are we in our scope of practice, you know? And is that line clear in your experience? And what has what steps have you taken to you know be comfortable
3: in leading the profession forward in this way? Yeah, so there's there's kind of three different paths that we talk about for pharmapreneurs. One is the physician's office path. We talk about, you know, what what are the things you need? And it it depends on a state-to-state basis. If you're in the state of North Carolina, you're gonna need a, a clinical pharmacist provider license. If you're in California, you're gonna need an advanced practice pharmacist license. If you're in the state of Arkansas, you're just going to need a collaborative uh, practice agreement or diabetes statement or a disease state management protocol to work with a physician. So it varies from state to state on the physician's office path. And what I recommend for a consultant to be offering, if they're going in, you know, to either work remotely with a, a physician under their general supervision, or they're gonna be under the same roof, working with them, seeing patients in like a co-visit model. So that's, that's kind of the, the first path that we have for pharmapreneurs. So within the identity shift, it's kind of like deciding what type of consultant, what type of setting will you be working in? So far, uh, the physician's office back, the pharmacy-based path would be kind of the second bucket. Of, uh, of opportunities that we talked about. This is sort of like what I started with was implementing advanced clinical services within local um, independent pharmacies. So I'm in Arkansas uh, last year or this year, sorry, this summer, they passed a statute to where pharmacists can prescribe birth control. Uh, because Roe v. Wade was, um, you know, was reversed this year, I feel like it's important for pharmacists, uh, pharmacy owners, to make that decision of are they going to offer uh, prescribing of birth control in their stores, and so even that can be seen as an identity shift to becoming a provider of this really important access. Uh, that that women are looking for. So the the second entrepreneurial path would be the pharmacy-based path. That's maybe you're doing uh, pharmacogenomic testing. Maybe you're doing health and wellness consults or a weight management program or smoking cessation or whatever. The third path is a little bit different just in the way that you're marketing. So this is the patient pay path. So, if I was to hang a shingle as an independent consultant, most of the time, what you're going to be looking at is describing yourself as a health coach or a healthcare consultant. You want to be careful with your scope of practice regulations because some say, you know, pharmacists can not work uh, within a physician's office or can not have their their own business doing consulting without having a non-dispensing pharmacy license so one of my clients Tara Dominguez she created a non-dispensing pharmacy in her location and then she was able to offer mobile test and treat clinics during the pandemic you know so so it's really interesting when you when you start, moving into this entrepreneurial space, it's like you have so many ideas, That these pathways are ways to, to kind of decide, you know, what level of education do I need for this? What are, you know, the legal um, structures that I need? I always recommend people create an LLC and, and work through their LLC to protect their, you know, their personal assets. Uh, creating and and getting access to some professional liability insurance on the LLC, just an additional level of protection that you can have, and then making sure that you are um, in line with your your state's pharmacy scope of practice act, and that you're if you are working as a, a health coach or a health consultant that you don't cross any of those lines into, uh, you know, into practicing pharmacy in, you know, in that space.
2: Yeah, I think it gets dicey when you cross state lines, because yeah. you're licensed in, you know, probably not every state uh, of the country. And then if you choose to also work with international clients, you are also not working as a pharmacist in that case. So Yeah, I think there's definitely some digging and questions around what business model to choose and what hat to wear in that business Mm -hmm. that you choose. Um, So is there any resources that you recommend pharmacists start out with when they're considering this? Um, You know, do they need to go uh, talk to a lawyer, talk to their board of pharmacy, or like, what would be the first step for them?
3: Yeah, so I think, you know, we've got some free resources and, and webinars and things that, that walk you through each of those paths in more detail around, like, what is the timeline you could expect for for building uh, a consulting offer in each of those things and, and what you would necessarily need in terms of, uh, you know, a collaborative business agreement or uh, a client consent agreement. And so we we try to provide those to our members within the Pharmapreneur Academy. Most of those are consulting templates uh, and contracts that I've worked to create with my attorney. But you know, thinking about say if you were going to work directly with cash-paying patients, you know, what are the what are the types of uh, legal things you might need for a patient agreement, the consent, if you were going to have them testing for something. And then, of course, all, you know, your HIPAA stuff and, and all the usual stuff, making sure that that you're protecting yourself professionally, uh, but, but also personally, and you're always doing so with the, with the patient's best interest in mind. Um, So I I think it's really important to get clear on what you're allowed to do in your state. And this is why, you know, I always talk about joining your state associations and getting involved in your state at the local level, because just like if I wasn't a member of the Arkansas Pharmacists Association, I would not have known about this, you know, this uh, new protocol for prescribing birth control. So just staying up to date and staying current um, in your in your uh, anticipated uh industry if that's the direction you want to go, but also just following following the breadcrumbs, you know, listening to podcasts like this and getting new ideas and asking questions and reaching out to people who have who have you know done this before as consultants. think is a great first step. I remember, you know, when I was first building my business, in addition to being involved in uh, at least one mastermind a year, I was constantly reading, I was constantly listening to podcasts, I was constantly, uh, you know, growing and and focusing on professional development, so that I can make sure that I was bringing the best possible information and the best possible version of Blair to, to my clients.
2: Yeah. As you were speaking, I kind of got this image of what do you feed your body? What do you feed your mind? Mm -hmm. And what do you feed your relationships and business with? Because business is all about relationships because we're all human beings running these businesses. So, um, you know, getting into a mentor, mentee relationship, just, um, you know, expanding your reach and your network, joining an association or a mastermind listening to podcasts and consuming content. These are all amazing ways to get
3: into relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I always recommend, um, the more the more you talk about your business, uh, the the better off you'll be. And so don't be afraid to talk about your business and talk about your value. Love it. So let's talk
2: about what your current business is offering, what's exciting, what's on schedule, what type of offerings um, you know are you
3: most excited about right now? Yeah, so man, this has, been, this has been a very interesting year. So one of the, the programs we've got going and are putting together again for a December launch and the December cohort is our group called 10 Weeks to 10K. And that's teaching people how to create their very first uh, consulting packages. So we've had several cohorts go through that program. It's been really nice. Uh, The December cohort, actually, one of the things that we're including in that uh, opportunity is a chance to join us at our retreat in Costa Rica. So in Costa Rica, we actually had the opportunity to invest in a retreat center. Um, So, you know, entrepreneurship to me is, has always been, something that I've been interested in and involved in, and I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. So, so one of the things that I've been able to do with, as we're, um, you know, taking some of the investments and taking some of the profit from, you know, one business to invest in another. So now I'm actually involved in three different businesses. And one of those is a retreat center property in Costa Rica called Consumana. And the space there is a very magical, spiritual, transformational space. It is a dedicated retreat center. So I don't know if you've ever been to retreat centers, but especially the big ones here often have multiple retreats going at the same time, Mm -hmm. which kind of changes the energy. Like when the other people in the retreats are like in their silent you know, morning and you're walking by and it's like, Hey, you know, and, and you're on top of the world and it's yeah. just a, you know, it's kind of like a different energy. So the, the retreat center we bought was actually a small hotel, a small boutique, uh, one of the eco boutiques of Costa Rica, but we're, we're really transitioning it from Airbnb hotel type accommodations to a more of a retreat space. So we're building a big baloka. We've had we have a, a really nice uh, yoga studio there on on the, the site. And then we have a private chef that that cooks plant based and vegan meals. So the the focus of this retreat, we're having it in February of 2023 is called a healing medicine retreat, and it's really for healers to come and experience different modalities of healing medicine. So they can take that and use those modalities with their their clients. So as I mentioned, I've always been interested in, in medicinal herbs and plant medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, um, you know, Japanese Reiki therapy, Qigong therapy, and so it's, it's always been something that, that I've kind of hidden, you know, as like, this is our, our, our little secret in pharmacy that, uh, none of us actually like using medications. And I think that that, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's, I think what kind of stems from this experience of like, yeah, I think we just have such a healthy respect and, you know, kind of reverence for for the power of pharmaceutical medications that that many pharmacists, including myself, you know, kind of try to avoid, uh, if at all possible, in favor of a more holistic approach. So, the uh, the retreat is really focused on the health and healing community uh, consultants who who want to host their own clients there who want to host their own uh, retreats and build their own programs. So it's really um, a business and healing retreat that that we're really excited to be able to put on for some people. And then I want to I want to continue using that retreat space throughout the um, throughout the year to offer multiple different retreats there um, for collaborative groups. So we may bring a, a, a company's leadership team down there and do, you know, a week-long professional development retreat for, you know, a, a pharmacy organization or a, uh, a state pharmacy association, for example, we've been talking to about hosting a retreat there uh, in the space. So, so it's really exciting, so if you've ever considered hosting your own uh, retreat, we now have a retreat center that uh, that can be available to to rent out to have your own uh, your own retreats there. But we're we're hosting that retreat for potential retreat leaders and pharmacy influencers uh, and also people in healthcare consulting to come experience and have that have that space um, to detoxify your mind and your body and to really allow something bigger and greater than you've ever imagined to come through and that's your vision for that identity shift that you that you want to make in your life and your business wow
2: that sounds beautiful and i actually ran a retreat myself last year And so I know how much work is involved, Mm -hmm. and you know, the property makes a huge difference, you know, to hold that energy, as you were saying, so there's no disconnect, and so that it is facilitating um, what you would like to. Uh, get out of the retreat or give to your members and your uh, attendees so um, I really really appreciate that you are literally building and creating this space and one of those uh, foundational tenets in Ayurveda which you mentioned and you mentioned before that in pharmacy we really need to create that space for the consultation, for, you know, whatever needs to happen. And the space, which is the ether, is the first of the Ayurvedic elements that you need a space from which to create, you know, you need to mm-hmm. fill up with creativity space, but we can't, you know, accept any creativity or any new projects
3: or endeavors if we don't create that space first. Absolutely. It's it's hard you know and this is what i see clients struggle with the most is they've got so many ideas they've got so many things that they could possibly be doing and and that's a that's a great place to be in but how do you how do you take it and how do you kind of land the plane and bring it back down into one single offer or one single retreat or um you know a group program and so it really helps to to provide that that space and also the the cohes the cohesion of the group so this this retreat is actually application only and um, so i am having calls with people who are interested in coming so if anyone interested happy to hop on a call with you to assess what is their intention what are they looking to get out of the retreat and really making sure that the the group we're putting together um, is interested in that connection, that bond, that lifting each other up. And so the the opportunity to create collaboration between the attendees uh, is something that, you know, I, I think that's the the alchemy, that's the magic that comes out of it is you're meeting your your lifelong friends on on retreats like this like you get to know people very very well in this type of space and when you create that space and you hold that space with a group it forms those lifelong friendships and lifelong bonds that honestly you know many of us aren't getting in our in our everyday lives yeah absolutely so from like the masculine feminine perspective
2: we also need that structure and the container for what we want to create and uh in a way like give some form to the creativity and so that is exactly what you're talking about here so is there a cap
3: on the amount of people you're taking on yes yeah so so 10 is the maximum uh, that we're taking on there in the space. We do have single supplements available if people want their own space. So if you you know if you really want your own space, let me know as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, 10 people is the maximum that that we're offering spots for for this initial retreat because we want to keep it very small group. And I do have one on ones uh, with the attendees while they're there to work with them on their. Their messaging and their planning, and we really do some uh, strategy around developing the offer and developing, like if you were to host your own retreat, what is that uh, promise of the retreat? What is the agenda? What is the ideal clients? And we want you to walk away with something concrete. I mean, it is a a fabulous week in Costa Rica where you're detoxing and connecting and and having a wonderful time. But we also want you to walk away with a real plan for how to move forward in 2023. Because, you know, like I mentioned, pharmacies, pharmacies changing. and, And I think the more of us that that can put ourselves in the positions of doing these types of consultations and clinical services. Uh, the the better off you're going to be. And, you know, for me, it's about looking forward and and planning for, you know, what, what is our profession going to look like in the next 10 or 20 years? And I I do feel that functional medicine and holistic health will be a big part of it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the retreat sounds absolutely fabulous. And I can attest that attending a retreat or when I was organizing it it truly is life-changing and it sounds like it's going to be a nice intimate group so I you know I think it's going to be a great experience and for myself um I have two little kids at home so um unfortunately I don't think I'll be making this round but this sounds absolutely wonderful and I would definitely probably want to go sometime in the future um and you know to just reflect back our profession right um amazon's pillpack and pharmacies like i have here local to me called capsule are already doing what you mentioned with that ai mm. article right they're already you know we have electronic prescriptions go straight to the pharmacy and then we have delivery services and like So many automations nowadays that we really do need to create another value proposition for our skills. And so I love that you're, you know, helping to propel our profession forward. So before I let you go, can I ask you three questions, rapid fire style?
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: Awesome. So if you were to go back to a younger version of you, what number one piece of advice would you tell her? Um,
3: build, build for the future, build multiple contacts outside of your industry. Um, I think, you know, for me, I was so entrenched in pharmacy. I kind of lived in my own bubble. Um, so building and networking outside of your industry, um, do that early as possible and uh and follow follow your intuition about where that might lead you because that's where that's where i think consultants are seeing the the biggest roi is is cross industry uh networking i love that and yesterday
2: i was just attending a talk about our solar punk future i don't know if you're familiar with that no But it's pretty fascinating about, you know, being, you know, humanitarian and pushing forward sustainability and diversity and equity and technology and everything in the future and art, um, you know, so that we can continue to thrive as a species, right? And so the concept of interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary, um, you know, collaboration, came up as being really important for us to understand like the whole gamut of the processes that have to be involved for all of us to build this future that we all want to be a part of um, and are excited to be a part of. So um, my next question for you would be, um, what is is the number one thing that you do for your own health every day?
3: Meditation. So... (laughs) I I was introduced to meditation, actually, the first time to do transcendental meditation. Um, I had always struggled with guided meditation. I would daydream or, you know, whatever during it. So whenever I started my master's in consciousness and human potential, one of the things they do before you even go to your first class is have you get certified in transcendental meditation. And so just that practice of clearing my mind and getting more in my body, we spend so much time in our own heads to be able to drop into my body, to drop into my heart, to to drop into my gut. So I was listening to my heart and my intuition. Uh, that has been an absolute game changer for me in not only my business relationships, but also my personal relationships. And the way I show up as a parent, and the way I show up as a wife, and, you know, all of that. So meditation, hands down, best thing that you can do during the day.
2: Yeah, I love that concept, because we usually think about meditating as sort of cerebral, but the most, you know, uh, real thing that we have is our body and our physicality. So I love this embodiment piece that you brought up. Um, my last question for you for this rapid fire is what
3: is your favorite thing to eat? Oh, good question. Uh, I usually eat kind of a plant-based diet. Um, the recipe I made last night was, was lentils and delicata squash. Um, but I balanced it out with some banana pudding afterwards. So you know, I feel like i I do a pretty good job of balancing uh, that I you know I really I love fresh fruits and vegetables. And after kind of shifting to more of a plant-based diet, it's it's really helped with my joint pain and um, you know clarity of of my mind and my body. and uh, and so i I love eating plant-based, and uh, I don't consider myself a vegan but it, it has had a huge impact on my health.
2: Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and all your tips and participating in the rapid fire round with me. And, um, the very last thing I'll ask you is what should listeners do after listening to this podcast? How can they get involved with you and learn more?
3: Yeah, so probably the best way to connect with me is through pharmapreneuracademy.com. Uh, you can join our newsletter or uh, just hit the contact button and get directly in contact with me and my staff member uh, at the Pharmapreneur Academy. But LinkedIn is also a great place to, to connect with me to, you know, be able to tune in to our Healing Medicine Show, which is a new show that we've created for health and wellness professionals to begin having discussions about other modalities of healing. So LinkedIn is a great place. I hang out there a lot. And I would love to connect with anyone who's interested in going the consulting route.
2: Love it. Thank you so much, Blair. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I am sure we will connect very soon. Thank you for having
3: me. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.